0: Good morning, Hopeville. If you would please stand and join us in worship this morning.
1: changes what we see it was-
0: understand why they happen. We don't always understand what we're going through. We don't always feel the reason for what's happening. And God, just let us feel you today. You see so much more. You see everything. You see all of the unseen. And someday when we're able to look back and and see how all of the pieces fit together and see your spirit moving in every single moment of our lives, God, just let us have that faith today that no matter what we're going through, good things, bad things, tough things, happy things, that we just feel your presence today, Lord, and that we know that you are moving in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, Hope Bale. Ooh, turn the mic up. <laughs> so we do a little thing here Called the meet and greet. Those of you that have been here, you know this. Um, But I do need to ask, because we're kind of full today, so before you introduce yourself to someone or greet someone, if you could please try to squish in to the middle. So, sort of a meet and greet and scoot, then seat. Okay? Got it? Okay. (laughs) Scoot.
2: Awesome. Well, welcome everybody. I'm Pastor Sam. It looks like we all got the memo to turn our clocks back. Um, You all look super well rested and the meet and greet was off the charts today like never before. If you are visiting with us, we just want to say a very special welcome to you. Thank you so much for being here. There's actually a program you received as you walked in the doors. And if you wouldn't mind taking some time to fill out the bottom part of that and tearing it off, that would be awesome. And you can put that in the offering plate as it goes by, or you can take it out to our welcome center and uh, drop it off there. And we have a special gift for you if you do that. A couple announcements I want to make you aware of. Last week, if you were here, uh, Pastor Dan, Pastor Adam, and George Puya, our global missions director... Um, they talked to us about living life on purpose, right? And it was, it was such an awesome uh, message to, to get us to think about what it looks like to, for us to engage in global missions. And so we actually, after the service today, um, in our in the hub, um, we have an information meeting about global missions. And so if you want to find out more information, um, you can take advantage of that. George Puya is going to be leading that. It's going to be an awesome time. Next week, I just want to give us a little bit of a heads up. Um, and kind of get us excited for it. Next week, we're going to be celebrating baptism in our services. Fifteen people are going to get baptized next week, and we're so, so excited about that. Yeah, and and what I love about our baptism services is what it just shows is that God is at work in the lives of people. and He's changing lives, and we're all about that here at Hopeville. We want to see God change people's lives for for the better. We want to see God... um, get into people 's hearts and we want to see you know hear those stories of life change and so uh, we 're really excited about next week and we hope you come back we hope you bring people with you to just see and hear the stories of life change and life transformation well as the ushers come forward this morning to uh, to receive the offering i 'm um, reminded as we think about next week um, what that tells us is man God is at work in lives of people at Hopeville and using the ministries of Hopeville to do that and part of the, the whole reason that we're able to to celebrate those kind of things is because your giving makes our ministries here possible, and God uses those ministries and those environments for life change. And so I just want to tell you from the bottom of our heart, thank you so much for your gratitude. Thank you for your giving. You're making a difference with how you give. So with that in mind, let's go to God in prayer. God, we, um, we love you, and we thank you for a morning where we can come and And sing about you. And we can say, God, do what you want to do in our midst. Do what you want to do in our lives. We can say, um, Holy Spirit, move. And God, that when you move, it changes things. And next week is a big reminder of how when the Spirit moves in somebody's life, it just changes life. And so we're excited to celebrate with that. And so God, as we give this morning, may we um, give with open, generous hearts, knowing, God, that you're going to use whatever it is um, to work into the lives of people. And you're going to use um, your Holy Spirit to, to change the hearts and lives of people, whether it's physically or spiritually, God, that you want to, to move in and want to do a work in people's lives. And so we want to partner with you that, and we want to um, live open-handedly and live generously and give just about a portion back of what you have blessed us with. So as we do that this morning, we do that with that attitude in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
3: Good morning, everybody. I'm Billy. I'm the worship pastor here at Hope Vale. Um, you know we all take our turn in life a little bit sometimes and you you had one of those weeks I've had one of those weeks this week Um, dear friend of mine passed away Uh, we grew up together from kindergarten all the way up she's just 45 and uh, she had ovarian cancer for the last four years and um, uh, now she knows as scripture says now she knows in full to be in the presence of God uh, her Savior and um today is a day about um where pastor dan's going to be talking about holding on to faith even when it's really hard and life is tough and you're going oh man how come this you know and uh i know saying something like that everybody can relate to because we can all relate to loss we can all relate to going through hard things and i think um that's one of the things that keeps bringing us back to church right i think it keeps us coming back to say god um can you show yourself in this column of my life? Can you show yourself uh, so powerful in this area? and the thing I know about worship friends is that the more we um, the more we approach God, the more he makes himself known. Uh, it happens time and time again so i 'm um, approaching God uh, in a big way today at church and in my worship, and I hope that you can in your own way and, and you can just uh, approach god so so very um, strongly and so very fervently and um because i know uh every one of you could take this microphone and go hey listen here's stuff stuff, stuff i'm praying through and um and so uh, just as a word of encouragement to you this morning let's lean in let's press into the things of god in christ as we worship him and as uh he makes himself known and uh hopefully our circumstances sort of just fade a little and he becomes a little bit more clear in the picture let's stand
4: close close to your side so heaven is real death is a lie I want to hear voices What? Spirit, and I can see. Presence touch him you will never ever be the same God we come into your presence we know you are here the great I am the lover of our soul you are always present God help us to reach out for you help us to touch you God, may you touch our lives, those of us who are going through hard times, and those of us who you are blessing. God, may we never forget that you are here. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. Reveal yourself to us, God. We love you so, so much. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated.
5: Elf? It is great to be with you today. I'm Dan Davis, senior pastor here. Yeah, an hour extra sleep. I can see the difference in you and I can see it with you in Bay City as well. Great to have you along with us as we kick off this New month, by the way, Bay City. It's uh, great. This weekend, they in downtown area they kicked off the holiday shopping season, and our ministry center, uh, right there in Bay City, opened up their doors, decorated for Christmas, and received people. Great to just have a presence there in Bay City. So, way to go, guys! Today we are kicking off a new message series for the month of November about faith. Faith, and to begin, I want to start was something that you normally don't hear said out loud in church, especially from the pastor. And that something is this, that sometimes it's hard to hold on to your faith in God. Sometimes it's hard to hold on to your faith in God. And the reason I want to say that out loud this morning is because I really do think that experience rings true for everyone here today. I believe that, even though we don't really ever talk about it, do we? That somehow if we were to admit that to a friend, a parent, a spouse, a group leader, a pastor, we feel like we'd run the risk of being judged as a failure in our faith. That they'd look down on us or condemn us or they would just smugly tell us that we need to try harder to have more faith. Anyone ever tell you that? Just try harder. Well, deep down inside, we're thinking to ourselves, I have been trying, (laughs) and I really have. But why is this faith in God thing so hard for me right now? I'm not saying that happens all the time, but sometimes it's hard to hold on to our faith in God. And so when it seems like everyone else around us has it all together, and boy, Sundays sometimes really magnify that, well, you feel like you're falling apart. It can feel lonely, discouraging, defeating. But let's be honest, can we? Faith in God is anything but easy or or natural. Think about it. Faith in God requires us to believe in something we cannot see. Faith requires you to believe in something you cannot see or smell or taste or touch or hear. That faith isn't always going to give us the kind of proof we want Faith means trusting in God with the scariness of an uncertain future. That God isn't always going to give us the right next step right away, let alone the four or five after that. Faith also asks us to rest at all times in the goodness of God's plan for our lives. To rest in God's goodness. And not just... In the highs, when things are going great, but also in the lows, when we feel like we can't catch a break. So not just the gains, but also the losses. Not just the successes, but also the suffering. The suffering. That's when our faith really gets put to the test, doesn't it? And then on top of that, God asks us to live out that faith in him in a world filled with doubters and haters, right? Doubters and haters, not just those who are skeptical and critical, but those who are also just downright mean and hostile toward our faith in God. See, all of this is anything but easy or natural. That's why I think we just need to be honest with each other and acknowledge today that sometimes it is hard to hold on to our faith in God. Now, strangely enough, for some of you, that what I've just spoken about might be the most encouraging thing you're going to hear all day. Really, that as negative as all that sounds, you are discovering now this strange freedom in knowing that you're not alone in your faith struggles, because sometimes we can feel really alone. That even now, as you are going through a rough patch with questions and doubts, it doesn't automatically mean that you are a failure when it comes to faith. No, you know what it means? If that's your experience right now. It means that you are human. It means that you are just like the rest of us in this room that deep down your soul really does want to believe in the God who created you, the God who has your best in mind. Just right now it's not clicking for you. The temptations are too strong, the trials are too severe, the tragedies are too suffocating. So guess what? Welcome to the club. Welcome to the club, welcome to this church, and welcome to a long line of God's people spanning the generations before us who, just like you, had to fight to hold on to their faith in God. And so to help us understand more what that means, what that looks like in real life, and how we can grow and learn and get stronger in this fight for our faith, we are going to spend time over these next four weeks working our way through a passage of the Bible that was written for that very purpose and to those kinds of people. It's found in the New Testament book of Hebrews. This is a letter written back in the first century AD by one of the early church leaders written to a minority group of Christians that was facing hostility and persecution because of their newfound faith in God through Jesus Christ. More specifically, these were Christians who had converted out of Judaism. They had believed that the crucified and resurrected Jesus was indeed the promised Messiah who offered salvation to all people, right? What a radical notion it was, to all people, both Jews and Gentiles. And he did so through a new and superior covenant that superseded the old covenant of Judaism. Now, when I say they were persecuted for this faith, We're talking about things like verbal harassment, communal shunning, familial division, and even imprisonment. Imprisonment all because they believed in Jesus. That's the background to the book of Hebrews. And, you know, while their setting is different than ours, the feelings are similar. They are. I mean, just think about this last message series we came out of, Life with a capital L. That Jesus came, died, and rose again so that we could enter into this capital L life that God intends. And we uh, want to experience that life to its fullest, which is all true, which is all real. And yet, when our diff- circumstances become difficult and everything and everyone around us seem to be against us, there's a temptation a temptation to doubt and question and wonder if that capital L life is real, and if our faith is worth it. That's why so much of the book of Hebrews is written to give assurance that leads to perseverance. Assurance to our faith that leads to perseverance for our faith. In other words, yes, your capital L life in Jesus is real. Yes, your faith in God is worth it. So in the face of all that hardness, keep holding on, right? so to help instruct and inspire us in that kind of persevering faith, the writer of Hebrews pens a very special chapter. Chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews, also known as the Hall of Faith. The Hall of Faith, reminding them, reminding us that we are not alone in this fight for faith. We're not alone in our fight for faith. See, not only is God ever-present Not only is God always with us, Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you, says the Lord. But we also, just like them, we are part of a bigger story. We're part of a bigger story of men and women who throughout the centuries have gone before us and who have held on to their faith in God regardless of the challenges and obstacles thrown their way. Nevertheless, these heroes, faithful yet flawed, they persevered in their faith, and because their examples can encourage us, guess what? We too can prevail in the end. And so today, and really all throughout the month of November, we are gonna work our way through all of Hebrews chapter 11. And as part of our working the way through Sunday by Sunday, we're actually gonna read through the entire chapter as part of this, these messages, right? 40 verses in all over these next four weeks. And so to begin today, we are gonna read through the first seven verses of Hebrews 11, the first section. And as we do, let me just say a couple things up front as we read scripture together. First, I I want you to look and listen, but not just with your eyes and your ears, but also with your heart and your soul. See, without getting too mystical on you, The essence of true faith in God is so much bigger than what can be captured in written and spoken word. Now, everything we're going to read is true. Don't get me wrong. The stories that we're going to look at come from actual history involving real people. But don't just settle for accumulating more knowledge in your head. No, there is also encouragement for your heart. And it's there when you are open and available to God. And speaking of that second, you know, whatever we read on Sunday... I want you to take it with you into your week. Take it into you, take it with you into your week. Now here's the thing, you don't have to take everything, right? But grab a hold of something. Grab a hold of something, a word, a story, a promise, a hero. It's not going to be the same for all of us every week, but I truly believe that the Holy Spirit of God will speak to you through the living word of God if you let him. Which by the way is often what makes the difference between holding on and giving up so having said all that let's go ahead and read hebrews chapter 11 the first seven verses it says this now faith is confidence in what we hope for an assurance about what we do not see this is what the ancients were commended for by faith we understand that the universe was formed at god's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible Because God had taken him away, quoting from the Old Testament. For before he was taken, he was commended as one who pleased God. Verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And by faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. May God bless the reading of his word today. Four faith examples. Three faith heroes, two faith definitions, and one common thread. One common thread. So let's start there. Back to verse 1. What is faith? How can we describe biblical faith? Here we go, right out of the box. Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, an assurance about what we do not see. Confidence in what we hope for, not wish for, but hope for, huge difference. See, faith is confidence in what God has promised to us, we just don't possess it yet. Faith is confidence in what God promises us. We just don't possess it yet. In other words, faith is confidence in the character of the giver, right? Faith is confidence in the one who makes the promises. That's why worship is so important. That's why reading and listening to scripture is so important. That's why prayer is so important, both the asking and the answering, right, and celebrating God's answers to prayer in our lives. So spiritual disciplines like these can help us grow in confidence in the certain eventuality of God's promises, especially when we feel like they're never going to come true for us. Confidence in what we hope for. And then faith is also assurance about what we do not see. Now this one is so critical, pay attention, right? We live in a culture today that wants us to believe that if we can't see something, then it must not be real. Prove to me there is a God, people demand. Yet faith tells us there's so much more to life than what meets the eye, and that the invisible is often more real than the visible. See, just having more information, you getting more proof, is never going to be the key that unlocks the door to faith as if faith is merely just an intellectual exercise. Now don't get me wrong, faith doesn't ask us to turn off our minds, but faith also says that you are more than just your mind, that your invisible soul is the most valuable part of who you are as a human being. That you're not just a physical creature, you're also a spiritual one, one who is created by God, one who is created for God. Confidence, assurance, this is the kind of faith that God commended in his people from ancient times. And so to be built upon this, this theme of not seeing yet believing, verse 3 takes us all the way back to the beginning, right? To the creation of the universe, understanding how we even got here and how everything else around us came into being. Verse 3, by faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. The almighty, all-powerful, everlasting, eternal God, he is the one who spoke everything into existence. Everything. And so it takes faith to believe that what we see in creation around us on this earth and what we see in creation beyond us in this universe, right, that those things were not simply God rearranging preexistent matter, which is what the pagan Greco-Romans thought at the time. It also takes faith to believe that a real yet invisible God made all this happen rather than today's scientific explanations of random chance and coincidence in the cosmos. Not a point like this in a discussion where we talk about this world and how it came to be. People want to pit religion against science, faith against research, and say that you have to choose one or the other. But here's the problem with that. You know, any explanation that tries to explain the origin of our universe ultimately requires faith in something. Faith in something. Either it's faith in a personal and powerful God or it's faith in an unproven man-made theory. You have to believe in something, right? All that to say, when we think about confidence and assurance of faith, I would just encourage you to look around. Look around, look at the beauty of nature. Look at the glory of our galaxy. Look at the complex, interwoven intricacies of our human frame. All of it speaks of some kind of divine design. So that even though there is technically no human eyewitness account that creation happened this way, there's certainly a lot of evidence, isn't there? evidence that there is a capital C creativity and a big I intelligence that is behind everything that is visible. The power it took to bring this world into being spoken at God's command. Now, after talking about the origins of our universe, you would think that the writer of Hebrews would then move on to the story of Adam and Eve, right, and the creation of mankind, but that's not what happens. And Why not? Who who knows? Maybe it's because our first ancestors actually saw God, talked with God. But their sons, Cain and Abel, were a different story. They were the first in all of humanity who were called to exercise faith in an unseen God. A test of faith that Abel passes and Cain fails. Hence, Abel is seen as the first of many of the heroes of faith we read about in Hebrews. Same with another hero, who's also recorded in the early part of the first book of the Bible called Genesis. Genesis. And that's a man by the name of Enoch. Enoch, who, who we're told was commended for his faith as one who pleased God. So much so that he was supernaturally taken out of this life and that he did not experience death. But then there's this third hero, and his familiar stories. what I want to go back to, and that hero is Noah. Hebrews 11, verse 7. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen... No visible proof, right? In holy fear, built an ark to save his family. By his faith, he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness that is in keeping with faith. Warned about things not yet seen. Now, many of us know the story of Noah, right? Gathered all the animals in pairs, put them on that ark that he built in Kentucky, and he... uh, (laughs) Wait, I'm being told that was a replica. I'm sorry. Thanks for the clarification. Seriously, though, that in the midst of a perverse, wicked, godless generation, one that had never even experienced anything remotely resembling a flood, Noah was called to believe in God and he was called to act in faith on something he had not yet seen. That no matter the cost, no matter the criticism, Noah responded in obedience to God for the next hundred years or so of his life. Where his faithful righteousness was such a contrast to the immoral world around him that he, in a sense, condemned that world which had rejected God. So despite the heartbreak of our holy God in this time, right, where his righteous anger burned against the unbridled evil of mankind, Noah is this hero, and he is a hero who the thread of hope that runs from Adam to Jesus all the way to us? That thread of hope stays intact at this critical juncture in humanity because of the faith of this one man. Now, faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance of what we do not see. Faith. Now there's one more verse I want us to look at before I begin to wind down, because even though it doesn't tell us a heroic story, it does give us a hopeful motivation. So sandwiched between the stories of Enoch and Noah, we find these wonderful words in verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Wow. Because anyone who comes to him, comes to God, must believe two things, that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Faith that pleases God believes these two things about him. One, that he exists. God exists, that even though you cannot see him, he is real. And then second, that God rewards. God exists, God rewards. He rewards who? He rewards those who earnestly, sincerely, passionately, desperately seek him. In other words, it's this kind of believing, right? That's not just about the head, it's also about the heart, and that's so important because when you're talking about the heart, you're talking about motivation. You're talking about a motivation deep down that eventually leads to action, that changes the way we live. And so when you think about faith that pleases God, it's not just that you believe in God, but it's also what you believe about God, right? It's not just that you believe in God, it's also what you believe about God, and so when You know, I read these words that God rewards those who earnestly seek him. I know that's a challenge for some of you. It may trouble some of you. It may bother some of you. Because deep down, while you may believe in God, you think about him not as a rewarder, but a punisher. And he's not someone to earnestly seek, but he's someone to fearfully avoid. That God at his core is someone who is not for you, but he is against you. Now, I understand how some people get there, how setbacks and trials and losses and suffering can shape how we think about God, how our broken dreams, how our unanswered prayers can make us question his goodness, right? I get that. I really do. But those are the times that you and I need to take a step back from our own little world, as hard as that might be, and try to take a look at life, at faith and God from a bigger picture, like Hebrews 11. I mean, I got to believe that it was anything but smooth sailing for someone like Noah. Think about his story that be, be, between all the waiting, all the opposition, all the loneliness, I got to believe there were times when his faith faltered, just like ours. It faltered, but why it, while it faltered, it did not fail. Why? Because in the end, Noah not only believed that God exists, but Noah also trusted in God's goodness. That God was a rewarder, not a punisher at heart. And that deep down, Noah just knew that God would somehow, someday reward him if he just kept on earnestly seeking after God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Likewise for us, we need to keep on believing And we need to keep on seeking after God with our heart, even though everything around us seems to tell us otherwise. Because here's the thing about faith, right? Faith means resting in God's good character more than wrestling with our difficult circumstances. Faith means resting in God's good character more than wrestling with our difficult circumstances. Don't confuse God's goodness with your circumstances because they're not the same. They're not the same. And yet when life gets hard, it just wants us to, to roll around in the misery of those circumstances and our eyes are taken off God. Now let me be clear, I don't have a quick and quippy answer as to why bad things happen to good people. And more specifically, I don't know why God has allowed you to go through what you've been through. All I know is that you are not the only one. And it's not a judgment on your faith, right? You're not the only one. And if God in all his goodness can allow the unspeakable suffering that his one and only son, Jesus Christ, had to endure, suffering that led to his crucifixion, then you and I need to hold on to our faith in God. We need to believe that his goodness in the end will triumph over our circumstances, no matter how difficult they may be. Faith means resting in God's good character more than wrestling with our difficult circumstances. That's why we need, need to remain committed to seek after God, right? to be reminded of his goodness. And how do we get reminded of God's goodness? It's not only to be reminded from those who have gone before us, like Hebrews 11, but we're reminded also by those who are alongside us. That's why we need church. Church. That's why we need Sunday worship. That's why we need weekday groups. That's why we need faithful friends. That's why we need each other. I truly believe it is no coincidence that one of the best Bible passages about this just comes a few verses earlier in Hebrews chapter 10. We've shared this before, but it's so great. Hebrews 10, verse 24, 25. Let us consider how we may spur one another on to love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together, right? god's goodness over our circumstances right to remind each other of that as some are in the habit of doing but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching of course we need the lord jesus we need his resurrection power with us we need his resurrection power in us but we also need his church we need a church so that we can remind each other of God's good character when we're in the midst of our difficult circumstances. This is the power of encouragement. And this is how you and I can hold on to our faith even when it's hard. I entitled today's message, Not Seeing Yet Believing, because I really do think that's the essence of faith. Not seeing yet believing. My eyes may tell me deny his existence. My circumstances may tempt me to doubt his goodness, but faith says otherwise, that God is real and God is good. We may be tempted to deny God's existence. We may be tempted to doubt his goodness, but God is real and God is good. That's the message of Hebrews 11. That's the heart of faith and really that's the story of Jesus Christ. One more passage and I'll close. You know, I mentioned earlier that God the Father in all his goodness allowed his one and only son, Jesus, that he endured this unspeakable suffering that eventually led to his crucifixion. And you know what? While this really happened, thankfully, it wasn't the end of the story. Scripture tells us that three days later, Jesus miraculously, what did he do? He defied science. He defeated death when he rose from the grave that he is alive again. But unlike the miracle of creation, there actually were eyewitnesses who saw the resurrected Jesus. One of the most famous of all those eyewitnesses was a disciple of Jesus' by the name of Thomas. Right? Thomas, who for some reason wasn't there the first time when the other 10 disciples saw Jesus alive in bodily form after his resurrection. And so when they told Thomas about this first encounter, he didn't believe them. Now, Thomas wanted proof. He wanted to see Jesus again with his own eyes. And so John tells us in his gospel, that's what happened. Jesus appeared to the disciples a second time, this time with Thomas present in the room. And here's what happened. There they are. There's Thomas. There's Jesus. And Jesus says to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my pierced side. Stop doubting and believe Thomas saw Thomas did and Thomas said my Lord and my God you really are who you said you were but as great as that moment is that's not the end of the story no verse 29 look at this and Jesus told Thomas because you have seen me you have believed blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed Faith is believing, even when you don't see. You know, you can believe without seeing, right? You can. You can believe. And because something doesn't have to be visible in order for it to be real. And so, yes, these disciples got to see the resurrected Jesus with their own eyes. And as George Puya read last week from the book of Acts, these same disciples also got to see Jesus ascend into heaven where he's now seated in authority at the right hand of God the Father. And even for us today, this same crucified, risen, ascended, and one day returning Jesus, you know what? He invites us not just to believe in him, but also to experience the blessings that he promises to those of us who can hold on to our faith in him. So wherever you are, whatever you're going through right now, grab on to Jesus. Hold on to Him. Stop wasting all your energy, your emotional energy, your spiritual energy wrestling with your circumstances. And be invited to rest in God's goodness. This is the confidence and the assurance of faith. Let's pray together. God, thank you. Thank you for a day of worship, a day of hearing from your word, getting a glimpse of your history to pull us out of the mire, the quicksand of our circumstances. God, I don't know the stories of the people who have walked through the doors today and are sitting in these seats, but you do. you empathize with them, compassion and mercy and grace and tenderness because you're that kind of God. But right now, there's some of us, a lot of us who just need a touch from you to believe in what we cannot see and to rest in your essential goodness God thank you that the examples of those who have gone before us the faith that the ancients were commended for encourage our hearts so we're not alone thank you that you have given us the church so we're not alone thank you for the indwelling Holy Spirit, our counselor, our comforter, our power who allows us to hang on with faith even when it's hard. God, so breathe by your Holy Spirit your breath of encouragement over this church, over our hearts so that we can hold on and trust you God, you are good. Your love is great. So give us faith to believe. This we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. That's what we want to do. We want to encourage one another in our faith in God. And one of the ways we do that is through the power of worship. So as we respond today, would you stand and follow as the worship team leads us? those words at the end and I'm thinking to myself I I need to write that down somewhere I I may be weak your spirit's strong in me my flesh may fail but my God you never will write it down put it on your phone be reminded in this fight for faith you are not alone the Holy Spirit of God lives in you and strengthens you to fight another day and to persevere and win the fight of faith. Next week, we're going to continue that in our faith series, looking at the story of Abraham. Also, as well as Pastor Sam said, we're going to celebrate life change in Jesus Christ through believer's baptism. Looking forward to that. But as you go, may God give you the faith to rest in his goodness. God bless you.